0: Welcome to Rainbow Soul Vodcast, where our soul astrology comes forward to help you manage your everyday life with forecasts and deep dives on natal charts and queer perspectives on the planets, transits, and more. A group discussion about upcoming transits with tips on how to read these transits in your own chart. Hollis offers years of wisdom and natal chart knowledge with Bright Hawk's positive perspective and Lacrosse's inquiry. We offer the complete queer astrology experience. Welcome to Rainbow Soul. Please help us by subscribing, sharing, and commenting, and reviewing. You can also learn where else Rainbow Soul is offered on our website at rainbowsoul.show. Welcome,
1: welcome to Rainbow Soul Soul Astrology Forecast. For November 28th through December 4th. I think I got my dates right now. (laughs) I am Hollis Taylor, one of the astrologers on the show, and I'm a psychic and a medium and all kinds of other things, including spiritual mentoring and coaching. So if you're looking for that kind of thing, you can find it at my website at divineandrogen.com. And that's in the description. And.
2: Hi there, I'm Bright Hawk, musician, storyteller, co-astrologer, happy to be here, (laughs) author of (laughs) The Dancing Hippo, a gender-neutral book that is super delightful, and um, (laughs) a story about resilience and dancing and being your most authentic, fabulous self. And if you want to know more or want to order a book, you can always find out more at brighthawkproductions.com.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm LaCrosse Ortiz, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. I like to, I consider myself a professional student. Um, I just finished a coloring book um, going through the Major Arcana. So check it out. It is on Amazon. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And I'm ready, I'm excited for this week.
1: You can find you can find the link yeah. to to his uh, book right in the description of this um, podcast. So if you're looking for a nice way to study the Tarot, I highly recommend that. I think it would be great as a spiritual coach. I recommend it all the time. <laughs> I invite you to take a nice deep breath. It all go and I invite you to take a moment to imagine yourself deep in the desert of Egypt at the pyramids Somehow you've ended up at this smaller pyramid, smaller than the rest, but interestingly within it are some tablets you learned about that detail the stars in the distant sky and how the Egyptians used the stars to manage their life. And as you step outside of this pyramid with this pyramid beside you, you stare up at the sky and you realize that the stars are ancient more ancient than even the pyramids, which seem pretty ancient. And our connection as human beings on planet Earth, our connection to the stars is as natural as the sand beneath your feet, as the wind in your hair, The heat on your skin and the water floating in the Nile River. Take a deep breath. And a recognition that this life is not your only life. You've been here before, and you will be here again. And as we start to narrow down on your life here and now, take a moment to recognize that you have many lives from before and many lives in tomorrow. But this life here and now is where we're gonna stay focused. And take a deep breath and come in to center in your own body. In your here and now, feel your feet and your legs and the seat that you stand, that you sit in or the ground in which you stand in the building that you're in <sighs> and here and now we will focus Your body, where you are now. <laughs> well done, hop Thank you. My pleasure. <clears throat> Thank you so much. I like to always remind myself of how ancient astrology is, because mm. it really is, actually. Um, so that is truth it really has Then old and like i don't even know how old the the pyramids are do you know like does anyone know
2: well it's it's there's a long Some debate about who actually built them and you know right we're you know if you're talking about the times of the, the time of Ramses, i guess the height of the Egyptian pyramids I think was uh was in that something like 4,000 BC I think okay you know I, I think
1: yeah okay
2: or, 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 it's maybe it's 400 I'm not sure <laughs> 400, 4, right, you I get a little confused
0: no that <laughs> would be 4,000 because if you go biblically yeah it would have been about 4,000 thank you you're about right. Four thousand, because like every two thousand in in Judaism, like a Moshiach. And then, and then and they
2: bow. say like four hundred million years ago was the dinosaurs.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, you know, just Ooh. to give you a scope of time,
1: <clears throat> it just makes you think about the ancient Egyptians and uh, you know, the stars and stuff that they interacted with, were some of the really what we um what we call really distant stars. Um, Sirius and um, SIPA and some other stars that I do look at in astrology when I look at your chart just to see if I do a natal uh, look. I just like to see if any of them are close enough or in them. They're called fixed stars in astrology, fixed stars. And they do have meaning, although um, I was laughing at a lecture because Michael Barwick was giving (laughs) was giving a lecture about the fixed stars and uh he said something about a star and you know he said that you know in ancient books uh they say things like you'll get bit by a dog and die and (laughs) they're pretty extreme um and pretty intense and you're like oh my god okay so just (laughs) Just know that some of the old ancient writings of those um, stars is probably not all that accurate. And maybe someday Michael Barwick will have that book for us. But in the meantime, you can look some of them up online. There is some pretty interesting stuff online. Um, One star that I was particularly interested in that the LGBTQ community might be interested in is Spica, S-P-I-C-A. It's in Libra. It's a fixed star. And um, you should look at the declination, which could be difficult. But if you're an astrologer, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you got to look at the declination and see if it's the same as any planets or if it's an aspect to any planets in your chart. And if it is, um, first of all, uh, it represents androgyny. Uh, Michael Barwick didn't necessarily talk about it, but when I looked it up, It represents androgyny uh, related to uh, alchemical um, history and stuff like that. It's related in that way. So there's some references to it in that way. And I was like, "Spica." Yeah, Spica. S P I C A is how you spell it. You can get it on Astro.com. So if you're using Astro.com, you can ask Astro to tell you where it is. And you want to look at what they call the declination, which you can also find on Astro.com. And uh, if you want me to look at it, I'll try to look at it for you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is pretty cool, and uh, I happen to have it on my moon. So I thought that that was <laughs> really interesting, being uh, that I was called to name my book "Divine Androgen." So, uh, so the fact that I was, I was. <laughs> called to name my book that and identify as an androgynous person. Thanks, Brainwock. That's my book cover. Um, it, the fact that I was called to that was like, you know, <laughs> a little sort of like validation, I guess. So there's some Astrology cool does stuff. that
2: a lot, doesn't it? You know, Astrology
1: there, can validate you.
2: I often describe it like the first time you get a reading, you suddenly realize oh, those are my spots, and I'm trying to rub them out, or those are my stripes, and that's that's what I should be, you know, embracing. That There's so much that validates you in astrology about who you are and why it's important that you are the way you are so that you can do or learn or express in whatever way you're meant to. Mm-hmm. Super fun.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that I do want to mention is the terrible thing that happened um, here in Colorado um, just a couple of days ago. And the thing was about that, uh, it was a Saturday night into Sunday. And the thing that I realized just actually a few hours before this broadcast is being reported is that Uranus was in a hard aspect um, with the South Node, and it is also um, in a rough aspect with Neptune, <clears throat> which is currently retrograde, although it will be going direct soon. Um, and Uranus is in in astrology is in reference to queers. Uh, before they called us homosexuals, they called us Uranians. So just a by the way, you should pay attention to Uranus in your chart if you're queer. Um, and I realized while I was listening to an astrology report, actually by Anne Ortley. Now, she doesn't do anything about queers. In fact, she's terrible in her languaging. Uh, but most, she's, a, very but good she's a great astrologer. Okay, And, um, and she pointed out that Uranus was in a hard aspect, um, with, um, with Neptune. And I was like, and Neptune's retrograde. And Neptune is about seeing shit in a fucked up way, fake news, bullshit, and to think of that person... You know, and here in Colorado, they're doing all kinds of profiling of this man. Like, he tried to kill his mom or something at one point. You know, and I'm kind of like, well, he's clearly sick. He went and killed a bunch of... I mean, duh, anyone that kills somebody is ill. Is mentally ill. And, um... But just thinking about it. And so thinking about what do the stars have in mind for us? And... I'm going to, as a medium and as a psychic, I'm going, I have called on those spirits that are lingering in Colorado Springs that are in their transition now into death. I'm going to ask those spirits to please stand at the side of activists like me and all of the drag queens in Colorado and everyone else that stands up for LGBTQ people. Stand beside us. Stand with us and help us help others, especially the haters, stop hating. There's just no need for that. Just let us be. We're not hurting anything. We're just people. And so I hope that the spirits will stand beside us all of us activists and help us figure out ways to reduce the hate and to stop these things from happening. And may you stand at the side of the senators and the, the awful white guys and everything else that runs this country. May they in this United States, may they realize what they need to do to protect the people of the LGBTQ community. (sighs) May their spirits live and support the next generation so that we can reduce this awful mess. Thank you. So, on such a heavy topic, I thought I would also look at the astrology of it, and that's the astrology, is that Neptune was in a hard aspect with Uranus on that night. Now, Neptune's about to go forward, which is great, because people will actually start to see the truth instead of lies, hopefully, some people, um... And that could be excellent. Maybe some people will finally get like, come on, you guys. We can't just go around killing queers just because we disagree with them. Okay? That's awful. Okay? So, um, so maybe they'll get tired of that extremism as well. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll see it for what it is. So, um, so, on that topic, I just want to point out, queers, we've been here for a long time. Long, 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 long time. We earned the Uranians thing because Uranus plays a strong part in almost every queers chart. Okay. And if it doesn't, it's usually Mars and Venus are are bringing something in where you're um, challenging gender roles with Mars and Venus. Okay. And, um, and an Aquarius also usually has something to do with it because Aquarians, uh, like Ann Ortley said, cause she's an Aquarius rising, she revealed are usually great allies is what I noticed. There's a lot of an Aquarian allies out there. So, um, we need those people too. So I just wanted to bring that out. I didn't want to skip over that, um. And uh, so, my friends, I'm glad that you are safe and listening to this podcast right here and now. I believe that every single one of you, every single queer on planet Earth serves a role and that we're all here to do something. And if you're alive, you are here to do something. So, my friends, you have something special to bring forward and I'm hoping that I can help you figure out how to bring that forward. So this week's forecast begins on November the 28th. And, um, and it starts out in a little bit of a, from last week, There, remember I said that it was going to start to get a little bit hard. Um, so it is a little bit hard because we have two T-squares and a lot of planets squaring each other, okay? Um, but Jupiter is moving direct. So it kind of stationed, which means it it sits still like it's at a station, and then it starts to go direct, okay? And w- Jupiter is very much about expansion and Spiritual philosophies and luck and money. Okay, so if now Jupiter went retrograde, when was it? It was a while ago, it was back months ago, and you may have felt it kind of like, like if you were something in in your, I I, I felt it in the beginning of the fall. Where like my business, I was doing really well, and I was like, could barely handle it actually, and I was like, whoa! And then uh, plateau. It kind of plateaued down, and I had to work a little harder. Um, in these last like month or so, in these last few weeks, I've had to work a little harder. But now Mercury or Jupiter's starting to go direct, so now you're going to start feeling um the things that you've had to work on might start coming to fruition if it's meant to happen if if this is what you're supposed to be doing you're going to start feeling um an ease to it so it's going to get a little bit easier it may start thing if you have an investment in something you might start making money on it um you know the luck might start happening or um, you could also feel spiritual expansion or feeling like you're making progress in the right area. Now, depending on where Jupiter is on your chart, now, it's in the later degrees of Pisces, and it's as it starts to go direct this week, it's going to be headed towards Aries, okay? So pay attention to where Pisces and Aries is because that's where it's gonna bring blessings. It's gonna bring expansion, okay? And so like if it's moving into your sixth house, for instance, which is your house of health, it could help you feel healthier or find a better health plan or help you find a better way of feeling healthy, okay? Or make you lucky in health somehow, okay? Or if it's in the fifth house, it could be about children, romance, or creativity, okay? And so it just depends on what house it's in. If it's, it happens to be in your eighth house, which happens to be about shadow, okay? Um, it's also about sex, death, and taxes, they say. If that ha- if you happen to notice that movement around your around your eighth house, what that's probably going to do is help expand your shadow in a way that you're like, I think I need to do some shadow work. Mm. And if you were born with Jupiter retrograde, I noticed that when Jupiter is retrograde, it doesn't necessarily like, uh, it could feel comfortable, but it doesn't necessarily mean good things. Um, It it just means that it could be challenging or whatever, which is comfortable to you. So you might want to check in on that. The nice thing about Jupiter in retrograde is it doesn't mean you're going to be unlucky for most of your life, which I think some ancient astrology books might say that. Um, don't listen to that. What actually is true is that later on, in le- as long as you learn the lessons of Jupiter, then you will and learn to acknowledge your gifts and bring forth what you were given, then Jupiter will reward you, okay? And so you can overcome financial distress or health distress or wherever it is, whatever house it's in, okay? And so if you were born with it in retrograde, it might mean that you challenged in this department early in life, but then later in life, you'll overcome it and make it better okay and it will get better for you later in life that's pretty much what most retrogrades mean if they're born if you're born with them retrograde in your chart and, and how okay do you
0: find out if it's retrograde
1: so most programs put like a little r okay next okay. to it okay and so they put just a little r in the corner like you would put um you know, to the second power, you know, like it's like a little R on there. So that's what you want to look for. Astro.com definitely does, puts a little R on there, okay? So it just means that you'll be challenged in that department early in life, but by the time you're through your Saturn returns, it'll probably start to get better. So um, in the beginning of the week, you do have a couple of T-squares, which mean that they're kind of like push and pull, And things are a little bit challenging, but I noticed with T-squares, if you just kind of pull on that middle section, then you're better off. Okay, and in this um, T-square with Neptune, Venus, Mercury, and Mars, so uh, it's looking like if you pull on Neptune, because now Neptune is going to go direct later in the week. So if you revisit your beliefs, if you revisit what you believe, what you think, what you vision, how you see the world, if you're revisiting that and maybe fine-tuning it, you'll have an easier time of this time, okay? And <clears throat> um, the other T-square, which also invi- involves Neptune and Ceres, which Ceres is about motherhood. So it could be, well, my mother said, but but I believe this. And there's this push, pull, push, pull. But Mars is in Gemini. Retrograde. Yeah, it's in retrograde. So turn inwards and ask yourself, what are you like? Because sometimes we can get addicted to feeling lack, we can get addicted to feeling anger, feeling sadness, and things like that. Our body, there's actually science to prove that your body can get addicted to those things. And so, you know, just ask yourself if you're, um, especially Mars in retrograde, it's going to be like an internal war. So you want to just look inwards and say, "Am, am I addicted to lack so again it's going to work with that t square with neptune where you're also kind of looking within and saying do i have a belief system that keeps leading me to lack right okay um and so you might want to just check in on your belief systems and how you're holding on to things okay and sometimes um, I know I struggled with victimhood. I very much uh, was a victim as a child, and then held on to victimhood later on in life. So you know, just be aware of that. That it happens. It's, it's okay. It's human. Uh, but there is also ways to change it. And um, the the planet squares with Saturn, squaring the nodes, and Saturn squaring Uranus, and the and um, and the moon squaring Uranus, and, you know, with the nodes, the the true node and the north node here, I should have took it out, but um, they're actually this, they're pretty much the same thing, okay, Um, and they're squaring, they're near Uranus, and they're squaring the moon and um, Saturn. So Saturn can sometimes be kind of the disciplinarian and kind of karmic, can kind of, de- can kind of deliver any karma. And uh, with Uranus and the nodes together right now, the gender revolution is pretty much meant to be happening the way it is. The LGBTQ community is meant to be having to yell and scream for our rights right now. Mm. As hard as it is, my friends. Mm. So I just, uh, they're up against the nodes, which is about destiny and totally makes sense. The gender revolution. One of the uh, things I heard on the news was one of the biggest online, like, hate rhetoric is against LGBTQ people. So you're not imagining things. Keep yourself safe. Please. Please try to stay safe. Please uh, pay attention and, um, you know, it's okay if you need to be in the closet. It's okay. And with Saturn and Aquarius, it's those some of us feel the need to fight for the rights. Okay. Remember I said Aquarius is our greatest ally as far as queers go. That's Aquarius. And so with Saturn and Aquarius, it's very much like we are going to fight for our rights and listening To the activists here in Colorado, I'm very proud to be part of Colorado and to know that there are so many queer organizations that are going to do everything they can to uh, support the community right now. So that kind of feel, that kind of feel that's going on, make sure you tap into that, okay? So if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling angry, you're feeling any of those things, especially around your queerness or your identity get involved. It helps give your angst and that energy something to do. It helps give it a way to go forward. Help change it, okay? Don't hide in your room, even if it just means that you write anonymously, okay? Just just find a way to express yourself and to bring it forward, How's the moon starting off this week, Bright Hawk? Well, we're, we're a waxing
2: moon because we recently just had a new moon, right? So we're a waxing moon in Aquarius. And Aquarius is a very favorable sign for the moon because, remember, Aquarius is the humanitarian. So everything you've just said about activism, that's Aquarius, Aquarius is about community, it's about the collective, it's about what's right, what's balanced, what makes sense, what's rational, what's idealistic, what's the better way to do it. Um, Aquarius moon and those who have Aquarius moons, they're very tolerant, they're very humanitarian focused. And so... Um, the moon likes being an Aquarius, that it, it's a good balance for the moon and the, the sensitivity of Aquarius and the perceptiveness of the moon makes for a, a, a good balance. On the other side, on the contrary side of Aquarius moon is <clears throat> unpredictable, contrarian, aloof, mm-hmm. um, when an Aquarius Moon, a, an Aquarian Moon person makes up their mind, they are fixed. Good luck changing their. They are not going to change their. Once they make a decision, that's it. You know those people. There are some people who take a long time to make a decision. Some people are very fast. Aquarius. Once it's once their mind is made up, that's it. So in that regard, they can get kind of rigid. Um, but the activism you've been talking about with an Aquarius moon, you have, a, it's favorable. And then the other thing that's happening that I would point out is, um, last week, Sun, Mercury, and Venus were traveling really closely. Everybody, there was a tight stellium in Sagittarius. Happy birthday to the Sagges. Um And this week, um, Venus and Mercury are moving on, and pretty soon Mercury will move past Venus. So the, the gap between the sun and the two smaller planets is starting to stretch and those, that energy is starting to shift. And of course, Mercury is all about communication. And so Mercury in Sag is, can be very chatty. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I have Mercury in Sag um and uh and so yeah, that's part of it and um Venus is very bright and Sag Sag is a very bright sign so there's some lovely energy that you can work with and um Jupiter going direct is 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 should make everyone feel better but it's going to also do that evaluation thing that you've talked about which is I used to feel this way about that. Is that still true? I don't know if that's still true anymore. This used to be what I wanted. Do I still want that? That kind of thing. Makes sense. Good. (laughs) And it makes sense because of the North Node in there as well. Uh, We've talked about it numerous times. When the nodes are involved, destiny is involved. It becomes faded energy. And so you'll feel a pull that just goes, that's it. That's the way I'm supposed to go. And those, you know, following your instincts and listening to your instincts is, is important. It's part of
1: who you are. Yes, absolutely. So going forward, um, we'll be holding on to those two T-squares from the day before. We'll still be um, so, there still might be this challenge might be going on for a couple of days, okay, where you really have to think about it, and you you might be spending a lot of time revisiting your belief system. The interesting thing is, is that we're going to then go on on the 29th, which is Tuesday, we're going to form a rectangle, which the mystic rectangle is if it's in your birth chart, it essentially means that you were destined, that you feel a certain pull to destiny, especially, especially evolving, involving all four points, um, to do this thing that involves these four points. And it's probably not one thing. It's probably a lot of things. Okay. And um, <clears throat> with the mystic rectangle as a transit, essentially means that what's coming up for you is meant to happen in mysticism, meaning that we're supposed to change the world and influence the world. And it's involving Jupiter and Pisces, which I have already mentioned has sort of stopped and is about to go and is going, starting to go forward. Okay. And then we have Jupiter is about expansion, money, and luck, right? And then we have Pluto, which is very much about death and transformation and change, okay? And it's in Capricorn, which can be kind of cold and distant at times. And then we have Pallas, which is about strategy, and it's in Cancer right up next to Lilith, okay? And the two of them are kind of working together right now, which is the strategy around feminist rights, right? Okay, okay? See that? See that? Mm-hmm. Palace, Athena is, um, and I give Anne Ortley um, credit for that piece because um, that's really powerful with wow. with Palace and Lilith next to each other in Cancer. They're kind of saying, "No, these are our rights, and women deserve our rights." Especially with Lilith, <clears throat> uh, she's the sort of queen queen of feminism. And then we have series in Virgo in the other corner, which is about motherhood, nurturing, especially domestic nurturing. So the interesting thing about these four points is transformation and luck and, um, and feminism. And I'm going to have to say, I know not all, but for the mass majority... Women usually are mostly okay with queers. There are some that are not, okay? There are some that are cuckoo for coca puffs. But there are also a lot that are generally when I meet people, generally women are a little bit more accepting. I mean, that's just my experience, okay? But I think that when we find feminism and as women get their rights, that they completely deserve that the gender revolution is sort of embedded in that and sort of right behind it where we're kind of saying yeah and trans women are women okay and um and where we're saying even to the feminists trans women are not trying to take womanhood away from you Okay. And, and, and as we start to rectify these old belief systems, I believe this is the way it's supposed to be, that the gender revolution is embedded right up against that feminist movement. And that's why we're seeing it kind of together in a way. And I want to, I almost want to look back in the history books and see if the women's movement. And when we when homosexuals were called homosexuals and no longer uranians if that happened at the same time that'd be curious that would be curious interesting uh, so um no idea but that's a history thing uh astrology is the only thing that would get me to read history <laughs> <laughs> all right so <laughs> um, sorry what happens how how's the it's day a, on the 29th it's a void moon
2: in aquarius okay so it's quiet when the moon is void, it's um, weaker, so to speak. It's uh, it's not as strong. And so, yeah, it's a quiet day on the 29th for the moon.
1: Okay. So, great. That's So, it's kind of quiet, emotional. But, but we'll be clicking into place with some really destined things, some destined ways. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some decisions about Uh, women's rights okay like the stuff in the courts and whatnot okay hopefully in the right direction and on November 30th um there's a grand cross and uh we've had a grand cross before and um a couple weeks it was right after the election day so it's not uh or around election day so it can be a little bit challenging if you remember correctly a lot of people had a variety of different types of challenges and what that challenge is going to be is kind of hard to say depends on your chart um but it will evolve involve neptune the ascendant series and mercury so it's it's um It will depend on what is in your chart, okay? Especially if you have anything at 25 degrees Gemini. Um, Be looking at Gemini. My moon. My (laughs) sun is at 24. Okay. So, you know, you just want to be paying attention, especially to belief systems, to motherhood, (laughs) um, and uh, communication, Okay, so you might, just November 30th and December 1st, you want to go slow with uh, communication. You just want to go slow, okay? And if you do make a mistake, just apologize. It's not that hard. It's pretty easy. Just say, I'm sorry. And I I didn't mean to say it, or I shouldn't have said it that way or whatever. And Mm -hmm. uh, most people are pretty forgiving. And if they're not right away, they will eventually. Apology goes a long way. And you want to be sensitive that
2: way because on November 30th, the moon goes into sensitive Pisces and the moon in Pisces is a natural, you know, because the moon, you know, the flow of the tides, Pisces, right. It all makes sense. It means there's deep feelings. There's a lot of innate understanding, like your, your innate gifts might be, just right at the surface there, Um, uh, people who have moon in Pisces, very compassionate, often healers, very sensitive, for sure. Moon in Pisces is a sensitive sign. Um, Very loving and creative and loyal. And on the challenging side, moon in Pisces can be indecisive, oh my lord, making his decision can be challenging. Um, They can be discontented and vague, sometimes secretive, and easily confused. So those are the aspects of Pisces in the moon in Pisces. So on the 30th, The moon, again, this is sort of faded conversation, sextile with the north
1: node Mm. and sextile with Uranus. Oh, okay. But, but moon sextiling Uranus could, could really bring some healing, especially to what's happened. Um, maybe there'll be be some great choices, um, by our wonderful Colorado's wonder, wonderful gay governor about guns or something. Well, so. but
2: on the challenging side, or at least it maybe it'll make action happen. You have the sun squaring the moon, so the sun in Sagittarius is squaring the moon in Pisces, and it's also squaring uh, Mars and Venus. So the T-square on the thirtieth uh, with the moon, Mars, and Venus—that that's an active conversation, and the conversation is. Um, the moon, how do you feel about it? Venus in Sagittarius, how do you think about it? And Mars in Gemini, what are you going to do about it? What Mm -hmm. do you think you should do about it? Actually, Mars retrograde in Gemini, what do you think you should do? You might not take action right away, but you're, what is the action that you're thinking about? So uh, the moon is pretty intense on on the thirtieth in coming into Pisces, with a uh, uh, a mix, I guess you could say, of um, challenging. We don't necessarily. It's not necessarily a, a bad thing. It's a conversation, is what I would say. You know, when you have these kind of energies. Um, it's forcing conversations to happen is what I would say. It's like you have to confront this whether you want to or not. Mm. And what are you going to do about it? How are you going to think about it now kind of thing? Okay. How you think about it, how you feel about it,
1: right? It all goes together. Right. Because usually thoughts lead to feelings. And sometimes feelings lead, lead to thoughts. So just be aware of that. They are connected and not every thought you have is true. (laughs) So um, the Grand Cross will get a little bit more intense and involve more planets. Mm -hmm. Um, When we are in December the 1st, um, once again at 25 degrees Gemini. So if you have something at 25 degrees Gemini, you should pay attention to what that is. Uh, It will also involve Neptune and Pisces, which I've explained is about like fake news and right now it's retrograde still uh but later in a couple days it will be going forward and um series uh in Virgo which is about mothering and 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 nurturing and Mercury and Sag which is about communication especially ready fire aim so meaning shooting off at the mouth where you're like damn did I say that Um, so be careful what you say and With Jupiter and Pisces, at least Jupiter's going forward um, with the moon right nearby. They're kind of traveling together during this day on December the 1st. Um, So just be aware um, that it's going to really bring, Jupiter's going to expand emotions. Now, that could be a good thing, especially if your viewpoint has changed. Um, maybe your vision has changed, maybe your belief has changed, but if you're still struggling with something, um, you, you could really uh, have a, a extreme emotions on that day, okay, and the rectangle will still be going on with involving most of the same planets, except that uh, the moon will jump in there with, Pis- with Jupiter in Pisces, uh, which Brayhawk just, you just talked about that, So, yeah, so it will kind of add that to the rectangle, which, again, is uh, destiny, okay? It's about what you're supposed to be doing in the world. So pay attention in your chart, like what's in Pisces and what's in Capricorn, what's in Cancer, what's in Virgo? Like, are any of those, are any of those your sun sign Are any of those Mars or Venus Or Mercury or Pluto, pay attention to where this rectangle lands in your chart, okay, and how it applies to you. And if you have planets there, it will be more intense, okay? You'll feel it more. That's pretty much what it means.
2: Yeah, so this is an interesting one because um, on the December 1st, moon in Pisces, you see it at 26, it's a void moon. So that sort of takes off some of the potency of it, which I kind of think is a good thing because it's already conjunct Jupiter, who's now starting to go direct, which is going to make everything bigger and feel bigger anyway, right? Because you have the moon conjunct Jupiter and conjunct Neptune. That's like a lot. (laughs) The moon, Jupiter,
1: and Neptune Mm -hmm. all like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So... As we move into the second, the Grand Cross will carry over, but as I mentioned, um, it will be most effective for people that have something at 26 degrees Gemini, Mm -hmm. okay, or maybe 24 or 28, okay? But you need to probably have it right there in those few degrees of Gemini, and the rectangle will still be in place, but the moon will have moved out, so the emotionality of it will be lesser, but you'll still be coming up probably with good strategies to do whatever it is you're supposed to do in the world. What is it you're supposed to bring? Maybe you're supposed to help people heal. Maybe you're supposed to um, speak out about LGBTQ people. Maybe you're just supposed to come out to your family, okay? So it's hard to say exactly what your destiny is but this rectangle will start to sort of force you into it,
2: okay? And what I would say about Ceres in Virgo is Ceres, Ceres is a, the asteroid associated to motherhood, but it's also about what are you birthing into the world? It doesn't have to be a child. Whatever you've given birth to in this world, the projects that you've taken on or whatever, the things that you've, like, I birthed this thing, a book, whatever it is. Um, That's also what it's part of, part of it is it about. And in Virgo, and Virgo is known for nurturing and making sure everything's taken care of. And so that combination is, to me, says you have everything you need. All the support you need, you have what you need. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You have the support. We're ready to get you there. What do you need? And so there's a, there's a a solidness with Virgo that I really like in this configuration that I just wanted to point out.
1: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then as we move into December the 3rd, um oh sorry, sorry. sorry I, didn't, go ahead. I didn't talk about the moon on the second
2: okay go ahead the moon moves into Aries okay so we're back to the beginning of the zodiac Aries is fire of course and so the moon in Aries not really comfortable the moon watery cool emotional Aries fiery <laughs> impulsive um Aries moons, they're energetic, they're enthusiastic, they're enterprising, optimistic, which is great. Um, they're open to change. Um, I i think I said idealistic. On the challenge side, all of that impulsivity can be a little bit of a challenge. They, Aries moon can be very opinionated, which makes them so much fun to have a conversation with. Um, they can be domineering because they're Aries. You know, Aries is is yeah can be impatient Aries uh, can be vain So Aries moon um, and so there's a challenge Moon in Aquarius is basically a nervous temperament right it's it's hot and cold together so it's it's a nervous temperament and so, that's part of what's also happening on the second that brings some intensity in the emotional arena okay a, a, a testiness is, a, is kind of how I
1: would put that mm, mm-hmm. I, I was
0: wondering that. if if the moon is an Aries in this in the rectangle could it actually also be fuel in the <sighs> sense to like push that to go even for you, you get what I'm saying like a mm-hmm.
1: yeah sure. It could push on the rectangle or push you to um, fulfill, yeah. Because it has energy, for sure. Mm -hmm. Right,
0: because the previous moon was more like about feeling about it. This is more about, here we go. It's not, we're not talking about anymore. We're, We're going, we're doing it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm and Aries usually is known for getting things started but sometimes they don't finish things because they don't think that they can finish it but um they actually can and so they just have to overcome that so if you have an Aries a strong Aries placement know that there might be part of you that believes that you can't over you can't finish it you can't actually complete whatever you started but that's uh actually just a belief system that you have to change okay so okay so um going forward um on December the 3rd um we'll continue to have a we'll have a T square with um Pluto and Capricorn again okay and moon in aries okay and um
2: cradle yeah
1: pallas and lilith in cancer okay and the thing is <clears throat> is that Moon and Aries is kind of like what you just said, LaCrosse, is to absolutely pull on that oomph. Like, let that Aries energy carry you forward, you know? Let it get you going. Let you let it get you started on things. And um, the other interesting thing is that, yeah, there's a Grand Cross going on with Neptune, Ceres, Venus, Mercury, and Jupiter. But that Grand ca- Cross will cause some... Um, you know, some struggles there. Um, but again, um, you have to have something in Gemini at that ascendant degree around 20, 24 to 28, 29. Okay. And, um, and then also the rectangle though, the rectangle will apply to everyone in which um, it's going to be faded and suddenly things are going to get a little bit easier. Like, you'll all of a sudden have the support you need. You'll decide to do something, and people will decide to back you. Um, Whatever it is, you'll get a lot of support with two cradles, okay? Um, That's exactly what cradles are for. They're meant to be fairly supportive. It means that you'll have the support of the universe to do whatever it is. That you are destined to do. Mm. So, on um, mm. December the third, you know it's gonna get a little bit easier. You're gonna feel like you got the support, like people got your back um or whatever, and that could feel that could feel really good. or like you know, the universe could just line things up for you and make whatever you're trying to do a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, there's a in this configuration, the moon is sextile, both Saturn. And Mars, so that's a nice blessing. Again, that fact that you have the Moon sextiling Mars again points back to what you were saying, Lacrosse, about action. Uh, there, there being energy for action, and Pluto. It's square. The Moon is square Pluto, so that's going to be asking you about transformation. What needs to be let go of? What needs to transform? What needs to be shed so something else can come in, um, you know the make room for the new by getting rid of the old kind of thing for sure. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of energy with that cradle, and I think you're right. I think there's some destined energy and support. The T square, Earth and Water there. You water. You have the emotional need. You have your emotional needs met, and the earthy foundation beneath you is there for you. You know, you have a solid foundation with that earthy, uh, with those earth signs. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I feel like um, it'd be getting easier, especially even as we get um, into December the 4th. Mm. Um, I thought it was interesting that everything is going to be so... Um, The other thing is, is that the nodes uh, rarely go direct, but they're going to go direct. Also on December 4th, that's not written here, is Neptune will station to go direct. So what that's going to mean is that those visions, those belief systems, people are going to start questioning them. Mm -hmm. So be okay with, be prepared for people to question their beliefs and change what they believe and be there to be like, okay, cool, you changed and to accept them now that they've changed, okay? And with the North Node in Taurus up against Uranus, which they're already, they've been together for quite some time now in Taurus. Now, Taurus is sometimes about sometimes can struggle with letting old things go but it's also very grounded and um, and and kind of likes um, beautiful things and luxuries and things like that and so with Uranus there which is you know what I would call the queer planet um Uranus and the north node together sort of going forward but then the moon's gonna come in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, boy. So the north node moves direct. Uranus Uranus is, is still retrograde and moon in Taurus. But I think there's going to be some emotionality around the LGBTQ movement. Um, well, the moon is exalted in Taurus. It
2: loves being in Taurus. It feels like grounded. <laughs> and we all feel grounded in Taurus, right? So a Taurus moon, is you, you can trust it. You can tr- feel like it's tr- trustworthy. Taurus moons are determined. They're warm. They're affectionate. Like you said, they like the nice things. Um, they're artistic. They're creative. They have very good taste, generally speaking. A Taurus moon is going to take a long time to make up its mind because they love to ha- you know, evaluate the, all the choices. And then it'll take a long time. But then once they make up their mind, it is locked. Like you are not changing their mind. They can be very, very stubborn. Taurus can be stubborn. I know, shocking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, Taurus moon, exalted, happy moon. And it's even trying Mercury. So, you know, communications could be really sweet.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about what you were saying there. And uh, with the moon joining that whole ordeal there and Neptune starting to go direct and the the nodes going, the node going direct, the node going direct is also solidification. It solids. It, it, it makes things locked into place. It kind of says, OK, this is how we're doing it. All right. Then that's how we're doing it. Okay, and it kind of locks things into place um, and with moon there and Uranus there and North node there, I can't help but think of the LGBTQ community and everything that's happened here in Colorado um, to think about that and then go, okay, well, um, there might be some decisions made, you know someone some some people might make some some important people, probably some white guys somewhere. Um, we'll probably hopefully make some decisions that are in our better interest, hopefully. And with the rectangle there, it makes me think about our destiny and especially with women's rights. So you remember that the LGBTQ community is pretty much in bed with the, L- with the feminist right, feminist movement. Um, so the two together and Neptune going forward might actually people might actually change what they believe. Well, Jupiter's
2: going to soon be in Aquarius next month, or in a couple of weeks, I guess. It's in the last degrees of Pisces, but it moves really, really slow. It's going to
1: Aries. You mean? Sorry, you said Aquarius. Okay.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: Jupiter's going. Yeah, into Aries. it goes
2: Aquarius, Pisces, <laughs> Aries. You're absolutely right. Never mind. That's a that's a whole other bag bag. Of, never mind. <laughs> Next, oh, this is the end of the week, so December fourth, right? So, yeah, Moon and Moon and Taurus. Well, the good news is is that this week, you know, we're finally past the intensity of the eclipses, and I hopefully all of you are feeling a little more breathing room. It's unfortunate that we have another wave of grief in our community that just feels so heartbreaking and all the more reason to double down on expressing your love and your gratitude to the ones you love and are grateful for. So we're grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's soul astrology.
1: Yeah. Like thank you so reading. much you guys for listening and being part of, um, rainbow soul, soul astrology. um, Queer, we're a bunch of queers talking astrology here, and um, I am one of them. I'm Hollis Taylor, and I'm gonna pull three cards, three tarot cards for you today. Please take what you like and leave the rest. You know, maybe not everything we said is meant for you. Maybe it's meant for somebody else. Take what you need. Take what resonates in your soul. You'll know it because you'll kind of feel it, like chills. Um, and if you're not sure about something just let it go leave it it's probably for somebody else and as i pull three cards today i want to um just speak to this deck which is the love is love this is a pride a queer deck i'm going to stop sharing here so we can uh, show you the cards so you can see them on the video Okay, and so this is the Love is Love deck. This is the Pride deck. Um, And each one of these cards is done by a different LGBTQIA artist. You can get the deck yourself online. Um, And if you go to Rainbow Soul and click on our Amazon links, we get a few pennies. Thanks. So, um, uh, the first card is a reminder of... where we've been and this is about our treats and you can see it's very rainbowy and everybody likes ice cream right well probably not lactose intolerant people but they probably like snow cones so this could be snow cones for those people and so um this is this is about getting those treats okay this is about the good things that have come to us and as, an, as a community, the LGBTQ community, we have gained some stuff. We have gotten some rights. Hey, they're actually studying trans uh, health for once, and um, <laughs> they're doing some real work around that, and so I feel like things are trying to get better, but sometimes we fall backwards, and it sucks when we do, but This is a reminder of the blessings from the past. That's exactly what this is. And the interesting thing is, is the right here and now, which is about the struggle, which we've been talking about, right? Right, my friends? And this is about the the struggle and how it can feel like everyone's against you. Um, But that's not actually true. So this, although can feel like everyone's against you, I can assure you that that is not true, and that's exactly what this card is all about because you can see that there are sticks sort of facing this person that's fighting, against them, and that's the struggle. But behind them is all of the colors of the rainbow, meaning that they're actually supported by the movement stronger than you think. And that's exactly what the background is meant to represent. It's meant to push this person forward and support them in their struggle going forward. And as this card is represents the now, so remember, even when you feel alone, my queer friends, or allies, even when you feel alone, remember, we are all in this together. We are all together, and you are supported, loved, appreciated, and I know damn well you have a destiny in this world, so just stick around to see what happens next, okay? And so this this card is for our future, and this is a beautiful card because this has two people loving on each other and one person is pregnant um clearly going to give birth to something it doesn't always have to be about children this is about a celebration a pride this is about celebrating what we can manifest as a group as a community especially when we stick together especially new things because you could see it represented not only by the pregnant person but also by the child in the background Um, And the rainbow balloon, (laughs) um, the rainbow balloon thing above their head, which is meant to represent like a party, like a celebration, it's supposed to give you that feel. And it's also supposed to give you the feel of pride, the pride of We can do this when we all stick together, when we all stand at each other's side, when we all stand together. We can change the world, and we have changed the world, and I think that's kind of what this reading is about. Because remember, the past is about remembering the treats you have received. We did get gay marriage. They haven't taken it from us yet. We have started to get rights. They're actually studying trans health in some places. And there's actually, uh, like, I don't know about in other places in the world, but in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado, if you ask for they pronouns, you get them. Um, even in the grocery store. Yes, even in the grocery store, even at the doctors. And so we have made progress, okay? We have started to make progress. And in the here and now, there might feel like there's a struggle, but remember what's behind us. Remember, we all have the community with us, that the rainbow is with us, that we are supported by all of the colors in all the different ways. Even if you're not out there holding up a a sign and protesting or maybe you don't live in Colorado but you feel strongly about it so write about it so talk about it do something go live on your Facebook or do something on TikTok. say your piece say what you gotta say okay and that's exactly what this is about is to remember the support you do have even when it feels like you're up against the wall Okay? And going forward, we will absolutely, we will win. We will win. That's what this is about. The gender revolution is here, and it's not going anywhere. And it's just going to get stronger with every terrible thing. Everything that happens to us, it's just going to make us stronger, and we will overcome this. As horrible as these terrible things happen they will make us stronger. I am inspired by my Stonewall friends to think about where we can go with this. Okay, my friends? So I hope that's helpful. Please take what you like and leave the rest. And I can unpin myself now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> There we go. So thank you, friends. Good job. Great reading. Thank yeah. you. Thank and thank you for listening or watching this podcast. We appreciate you. We appreciate if you subscribe on any of the podcast podcast platforms or any of the places that you can find this, including on Facebook, YouTube, and you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, all of them were available there, and you will see our posts on a regular basis. We try to post on Sunday, Monday. So my friends. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for supporting us. And you can support us on Anchor. You can, uh, you can, you can support us and you can find that link on our Facebook. And we appreciate you. Yes. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. And thank you, Breadhawk, Hawk, for your music and your input about the moon. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for that. And thank you, LaCrosse, for your good questions. Um, and your great way of editing and helping us get this out there. It's definitely a team effort. It's a lot of work. Of us. <laughs> thank, you. thank you.
0: Thank you both. I keep learning every week. Oh, good. <laughs> that's great. Yeah,
1: so do we. A little bit more.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's how learning goes. Just a little at a time, my friends. Yep. So thank you for being here. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Thank you for watching rainbow soul soul astrology
0: bye-bye thank you for listening to this week's soul astrology and subscribing liking sharing and reviewing we hope you enjoy this dose of soul astrology and encourage you to embrace the week ahead with an open mind and heart so that you may integrate the deepest of lessons from the stars take a moment to step outside and honor the planet stars and moon in the sky with your heart integrate the messages that resonate and leave the rest for someone else. We deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Always remember that you are a perfectly unique human with an exclusive star map of your destiny, your soul purpose, and your heart's desire. Thank you again for tuning in to Rainbow Soul.